Uh, today is uh, not our regular kind of uh, service with either myself or Pastor Vanessa or Peter or somebody preaching, but we have determined that today should be the day where we call on our Bible college students that have been well-trained, I need you to know, um, and to hear from them. So what we have done is we have asked some of them to come and give their testimony for about, I don't know, uh, three, three minutes, uh, give or take a minute, and we've asked a few others to come and share uh, one of the main uh, truths that they've learned in Bible college, uh, and uh, they will be going for about 10 minutes each. So we've got a few slots uh, that we're filling, and we've got a few of the students getting up very shortly. But before we do that, uh, I again uh, want to remind you of some of the key dates that are coming up. As I say, it is the beginning of the year, um, and this coming weekend, uh, it's just all, it's going to be happening all at once. Uh, when I'm when I say all at once, I mean that on Saturday we will have our last opportunity for registration. Um, in fact, Peter and I were down here yesterday. We had a registration day yesterday. There was a certain amount of activity. Uh, but you know, human nature uh, is uh, that people tend to leave it always very late. By the way, um, you don't need to wait. If you missed yesterday's registration opportunity, you don't need to leave it until next Saturday. In fact, it would be absolutely preferable if you register today. So after the service, there's opportunity to, as it were, uh, go and see Dai or Peter and, uh, and uh, let them know that uh, you're going to be uh, in year one. Uh, or for those of you that have done year one, that you will be in year two. And you know, sometimes in the purposes of God, we shouldn't leave things late. If, if we know that God wants us to go for it, we just go for it. Um, and so anyway, uh, it, it, it would be preferable if we heard from you today, because we have got a whole lot of things happening this coming weekend, and we'd rather know, uh, have a, a more of a definite idea in regards to how many students there's going to be in year one and in year two. Uh, and so don't make things uh, more difficult than what it is. Um, register today. All right, that's the word. So that's Saturday uh, coming. Then on Sunday, uh, Sunday evening, we will have a student graduation. Sunday evening is a family uh, affair. It's not just for students and their families, but for everybody uh, in, in the life of the church to come together to celebrate with the students. So we've got a bunch of them um, graduating, year one students and year two students. So that's Sunday evening at six o'clock. Uh, typically, uh, the Life City Church in Wainuiomata are canceling their evening service. They're joining with us here, uh, and so it pays to be early because they're bringing a bunch of people because they've got a number of students uh, uh, in our Bible college. And uh, in fact, we've asked Pastor Afina to come and to speak to us for a while to bring a kind of a, a word uh, into graduation. So that's happening Sunday evening, six o'clock. What time? six o'clock. Um, then Monday, uh, Monday, of course, at that stage, Monday, uh, everybody that needed to register had already registered. Monday evening is student orientation. So that starts at, is it 6.30 or 7? Um, somebody will know. Monday evening. All right. So it's student orientation. So meaning that particularly for year one students, uh, there is a kind of orientation process that we're running through in regards to what the expectations are, what, what all the, the ins and outs are to be a student uh, in terms of starting time, finishing time, everything that students need to have in place by the time the first lecture starts on Tuesday evening. So you can see that Sunday's graduation, Monday student orientation, Tuesday's the first evening class for year one, and then Thursday is the first class for year two. Uh, and so that's kind of the process of everything that's lining up. And uh, as Peter was saying, we've been running Bible college now, is it three years? Uh, 
three years, so we're going into our fourth year. Uh, and so and so we certainly can sort of know the, the, the ropes by now. But uh, as I say, if you're a new student, then it's important that you register early, uh, be a part of graduation so you know what it looks like when you read graduate at the end of the year yourself, uh, and then Monday, student orientation, getting all the ins and, out, ins and outs. Praise God. All right, everybody ready for our students now. So what I would like to do now, I'd like to call on the guys that are coming to give a testimony. In fact, we had five of them lined up, and two of them had a double booking. So that's how it works. You know, Bible college students are busy people. They're involved in different areas in the life of the church. So we will call them up next Sunday uh, to come and talk to us uh, two more. So we've still got three uh, of them that are going to give a testimony, followed by four others that are going to share a brief word each. And by the time we get to about midday, uh, we're going to be all done and dusted. By the way, um, following on from the morning service, there is a, a leadership community lunch. Uh, all of you that are part of that, you will know uh, and make sure that you don't run away afterwards. Stay behind because we've got lunch and a meeting ha happening afterwards. So with that, I would like to call in our first student, um, and that will be Tucky. Uh, Michael, come on up and talk to us about uh, what Bible College has meant for you. Um, and... Uh, Followed by that, we've got uh, Helen Walker coming, uh, and following that, we've got Lydia coming up to talk to us, uh, and then I'll call on the first guys to come and bring a word. Thanks, uh, Taki. Got everyone. Good morning. Um, yeah, so, some of us are natural at getting up here and speaking, like Benita was just a minute ago. And then some of us have got to bring a big book up here for a two-minute or three-minute speech. Um, so here we go. So um, for those of you that don't know, I've already said my name. Um, so I was asked to talk about um, the reason why I, I did Bible college. So, and I have three reasons. I'm a basic man. I, I have three reasons. So these, the first two of those reasons being that um, I wanted to get to know God better. It's pretty cliche, but it's true. And um, I wanted to grow as a person. Also cliche, but true. Um, did that happen for me? Yeah, of course it did. Uh, you cannot, you just can't do Bible college and not grow one as a person and uh, get to know God more. So an example of that being is of me growing, is me being here right now, getting up here on stage, um, sharing with you. Um, this is a stretch for me, and it's um, it's, it's puts me out of my comfort zone. So when Pastor Vanessa, she, she text, emailed me the other day, and when she asked me to get up here and share with you, um, it took me a couple of days to get back to her. And, and that's not because I'm a slow reader. So um, when I sat down and I thought about it, I prayed about it, and I took myself out of the equation and put God in the situation, the answer to Pastor Vanessa's email became clear. And it was a, could only be yes. So, um, and it's like that in life with a lot of things. That um, when stuff gets, you know, when, when we get bogged down with stuff, all we need to do is move ourselves aside a little bit and put God in there so that um, when he's in there, we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. So the third reason was that... Um, that Pastor Stephen asked me to do Bible college from this very stage, like he was doing here about 10 minutes ago. So you see, it's like this for me, that um, I, could, I, I sat down, I prayed about it, 
Yeah, and I did. Um, and I was waiting for God to give me an answer, and He did. Um, but if you're not listening with an open heart, you won't hear. Um, so the way that I heard God's voice was through Pastor Stephen up here on stage, telling me that we needed to go to Bible college. Um, and yeah, so so that was good enough for me. So I I, I signed up the next week. So just sign up, guys. So just to wrap it up, my three reasons for doing Bible college were that I wanted to know God better. And as I got to know God better, I grew as a person. And God answered my prayer about doing Bible college through Pastor Stephen up here on stage, um, sharing about Bible college. And uh, once I knew why I needed to do Bible college, all my excuses went away. So um, that's me. Thanks very much. Well done, Tucky. That's awesome. Well done. He's a natural, isn't he? Yeah. yeah absolutely. In fact, next time around, uh, Tucky, we expect a 10-minute preach from you. All right? No more two-minute testimony. It's cranking things up a little bit. <laughs> All right. Uh, next person will be Helen Walker. Where is Helen? Uh, Helen, come on down. <laughs> Helen's a natural, too. <laughs> Come on up, Helen. Talk to us about what Bible college is meant for you. Well, I don't know if I'm a natural because I'm shaking in my boots right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, what God has done for me. Sorry, my voice is shaking. It will settle down soon. Um, CFCI Bible College. Firstly, I'd like to say Bible college is definitely for everybody. You know, God opened two doors for me to attend Bible college. The first door was the door of my heart, despite um, despite my own values, because there were a few. And I was the one person that said at the beginning of the first year of uh, when Bible class, Bible college was coming here, no way was I ever going to do Bible college. No way. And yet, you know, you just let God work in your life, you know. You've got to listen. The second door was when I had to completely surrender and trust God. And he definitely came through for me to it so I could attend. Now, there's a little story behind this. And that, and that was, um, I'd actually paid my registration. And then something happened where um, I couldn't attend. And anyway, Di rung me and she said, just just hang on to that. I'll hang on to that cheque and we'll just see at the end of the week. And anyway, on Monday I was, I was um, on the train going to work and I was needing God's word. And I was on my phone and I was pressing Psalm 91 and I, it just wouldn't come up. And I thought, what is going on here? And so I kept pressing 91. Anyway, another psalm came up. God was speaking to me, and it just happened. I just, I just read this, and I thought, whoa, wow. And anyway, it just happened. My brother-in-law and my sister were staying with me, and my brother 
father-in-law happens to be a pastor. And he read what God had given me, the word God had given me. And he said, wow, what a promise. And the words that really stuck to me was, he said, now who are you going to trust? And I thought, wow, and you know who I'm going to trust. So anyway, I, um, things happened and it just, God just worked. He worked on somebody. He softened his heart. He's not yet with the Lord, but he will be soon. And I tell you, you know, he, he just said, anyway, I then, I then said to Di, yes, I can go to Bible college. You know, this is such a learning tool. And our pastors did not bring it to the church for us just, just to sit. You know, on a Sunday, there's so much more, so much more. His word is strength to me as it has revealed more of who he is in my, in my life. It, is further, it has helped in furthering me to be equipped in serving in his kingdom. And for me, this is still a work in progress. You know, But these two modules I have, um, that have impacted and completely changed the way I pray and I worship um, um, sorry, um, but I'm going to speak on two modules of pray and praise, thanksgiving and worship. And these two modules have impacted and completely changed the way I pray and worship. I've learnt that there is a journey and a pattern going to the presence of our God. The journey involves my spirit, soul and body going into his presence. This is where I completely give myself to him. I worship God because of who he is and what he has done for us. During worship, God cleanses me and after I feel free and abandoning myself in God. Nowadays, I often go to the front on Sundays to worship God and this is because I have gained confidence. In terms of my prayer life, I've learnt there are different prayers for different situations. At the end of the day, God needs me and God needs us to pray before he can move, which highlights the importance of praying in the spirit. I really love praying. I'm so glad I listened to the voice of my God and attended CFCI Bible College. I hope that's touched someone's heart that is just sitting on the fence. Hop down that fence, open the door and just walk on in. God will bless you. He will fill you. He will just so fill you. You know, it is hard work, but I tell you, what did Jesus do for us? He worked hard every single day. And so I just I just plead with you, you know, just open that door. And I just want to thank the pastors for a good Bible college. And I want to thank Di and Pete. You just all got, you guys work so hard, so hard to bring us this. Now if you haven't if you haven't signed up, 
sign up. It is so worth it. I know I'm a walk. I walk in, with God every day now. And just, yeah, thank you. Brilliant. Excellent. Thank you. Wonderful. Wonderful. All right, Lydia, come on down. Lydia's a natural too. <laughs> Bible college for the last couple of years. Um, I started off doing first year because I was like, oh, I'll just give it a go and I'll, I'll see how it goes. Um, and I loved it. I think it was probably one of the best decisions I've made and it's actually been totally life-changing for me. Um, I feel like being at the age that I am, it's really set a course for my life and um, yeah, established me in Christ and who I am in God. But um, you're in an environment like week after week where you actually can't help but grow. Like faith comes by hearing and hearing the word. And that's what Bible college is. It's just teaching you the word. Um, yeah. So the first year, um, it really kind of cultivates your relationship with God. And for me, um, I got to know God as opposed to just knowing about him and a consequence of that was I got to know myself. Um, and then the second year really builds on that. But um, probably the two main things I got out of second year was I was empowered and I was equipped and for doing what God has called me to do. So I was empowered in the sense that you know, God's given us everything that we need to live the successful life that he called us to in his word. But it's not much use if you don't know about it. So just, um, yeah, getting to know God's word um, has really empowered me. And there were so many nights where I would go to Bible college and maybe I was kind of like struggling through the week, just not having a great time. And I would leave Bible college so built up and so excited about life. <laughs> that I would like drive maybe around for an hour before I'd go home just kind of like shouting and singing and stuff. I probably looked like a crazy person, but um, <laughs> it's really good stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, secondly, it equipped me to um, do what God has called me to do. So it's equipped me to uh, even just sharing my faith. And it's so natural for me now because it's so much a part of who I am that um, yeah, I'm just able to share with people freely and yeah, equip me for ministry and serving God. So, yeah, I would highly recommend it, especially you um, younger ones. Yeah, never too young to do Bible college, so definitely do it. Thanks. That's great. Thanks, Lydia. Wonderful. Very cool. Of course, the uh, theme for the first year is all about uh, developing intimacy with God and getting you know, our relationship uh, with God into a much deeper level, and that will absolutely happen in the first year. The theme for the second year is fanning into flames the gifts that God's given us, and as uh, Lydia testifies, that's what's happening in the second year. Of course, ultimately, there will be a third year uh, up and running as well. We're not running that just now, but it will be coming at some point in the future, and by the time people get to the end of that, they will have a, degree, a ministry degree, um, and I would suggest that uh, by the time people get past the first year already, 
our students know more than what many pastors would know in third world countries, literally, because the teaching is so powerful, so potent, and so clear. And so it's all about training for the ministry. All right, uh, at this time, we're going to call on four students to come and share with us 10 minutes each. They're coming in the following order. There will be Marcus, followed by Robin, followed by Marie, and straight after that, we'll have, last but not least, we'll have Sandra. Uh, and so um, we'll get started, like, right away. Where's Marcus? Uh, Marcus, you go first. There's got to be some privileges for being a man. Eh? Come on up, Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you hold your microphone up. Morning, Church. Um, before I share this testimony, I just, <coughs> sorry, um, I might need a big box of tissues here because it's, <laughs> I just want to thank you, Father, for your grace. And I stand here now to share this testimony, <coughs> and it's not by my might that I share it. I thank you that you chose to use me as a vessel to speak through. I, I just want to backtrack here a bit. Um, we were born again and we came to victory about four and a half years ago, but really this whole story for me started about ten years ago back in the UK <clears throat> when my mother died and God spoke to me and he said, you can't go on living like this. And Robin and I had um, everything. We had a good business, but we had no love. And that's really what I want to share with you today is about um, the one module that really stood out for me in Bible college was about pride. And come, as I say, coming into victory four and a half years ago, I had no idea that I was so pride-filled. Before I left the UK, I can remember boasting about my being mortgage-free. And on coming to New Zealand, that would be the case. We would be able to buy our own house outright and we would be totally mortgage-free. When we arrived in New Zealand, we bought a house in the Wairapa and started our business over there and things didn't go too well. And I'm thinking, oh, you know, what's happening here? I've given everything up. I heard God's voice. He said, you can't go on living like this. I thought a change of circumstances the change of location would change everything for me. But actually, what I didn't realise <coughs> was I brought my attitude with me. <laughs> and that was pretty huge. And I learned about this in Bible college. I, I brought some thinking with me, if you like, was pretty stinking. <laughs> and it took me a while to realise that. My mother-in-law actually said to me, when things still weren't going well after three years, that it's your attitude. And God can speak to other people, and that really stuck with me. And, you know, after that, I started to think, I thought, well, what's happening here? And things still didn't go too well. We still had no love in our marriage. And it bothered me, it bothered me. But all the while, there was people praying for us. Karen Ticklepenny, I don't know if she's here now, but she was praying for Robin and I. She knew what was going on in our lives. I'm sorry if my voice is a bit shaky, because this cuts pretty deep, all of this. And... You know, when my mother died, she said to me, you're the one person in my life that I would die for. And she didn't realise when she spoke that, that when she died, life started for me because that was part, I'd heard God's voices, you can't go on living like this. I made the decision to come out to New Zealand and that was part of the process. I didn't have to make that choice, but I made it. I made that decision. 
If I hadn't made that decision, I wouldn't be standing here talking to you now. If I hadn't listened to God's voice. I'd always believed in God. I've always had faith. <clears throat> when things have turned rough, I get down on my knees and I get the Bible out, but I never opened it. I sat down, I prayed to God, but I never opened the Bible. I never opened the Bible till I came here to Victory Christian Center and started to hear this amazing teaching that we get from this platform every Sunday. It was absolutely life-changing. And Bible College is a part of that teaching, and I'm going to share a bit more on that later. Um, and I know it's, it's, it's about developing godly character. I knew something was wrong, but I didn't know what. And it wasn't really until we got started with Bible College, really into the second year. The first year was amazing, learning about that intimacy with God and developing a relationship with him. But it wasn't really until I got into the second year and the module on pride and humility and understanding pride and humility that things really started to change for me. I sat over there pretty much where we always sit. I don't know why we always sit over there, but we do. Perhaps we should move around a bit more. <laughs> um, and the module on pride and humility, the Holy Spirit was telling me, you need to share on this. And I got it out oh, about a week or so ago and looked through it, and I was absolutely shocked at what I'd written on the side notes of that message. You know, I put things down there which I can't repeat here because they were pretty out there. <laughs> And I was just absolutely, it was like looking into a mirror. Absolutely like looking into a mirror. And Proverbs 16:18 said, Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. And that's what happened to me because of my attitude. <clears throat> I fell. I learned that God resists pride because it is the original sin. So, on coming to Victory Christian Centre, I started to, to serve as an usher, sitting under leaders. I didn't take kindly to sitting under authority, <laughs> but I knew God wanted me to do this. He wanted me to be an usher. In fact, when I walked out of the door there, I could feel his, um, when I said I would do that, I could feel the anointing coming down. And then the life group, I started to sit under authority again there. And I thought I could run that group better. <laughs> and I started to have meetings with people and things, you know, just weren't going well. And then I thought, oh, this is no good. I need to leave. So we, I, I left the life group. And it felt terrible, absolutely terrible. A blackness came over me. And this is the turning point. And I want to talk about a turning point. I made a decision when that happened to go back to life group, to sit under the authority. And that is where the freedom is sitting under God's authority, sitting under the authority of our pastors, sitting under the authority in the life group. What had changed my heart attitude? I started to get a peace, a wonderful peace. I was no longer struggling to be the best, just being a blessing to others. Suddenly there was revelation after revelation. I was walking in love, not hate. No longer proud, but humble. One day at home, I barked at Robin. Now, I don't bark at Robin a lot, don't get me wrong, but I did bark at Robin one day, and it was really stood out. And the Holy Spirit revealed resentment. And I looked this up in the Thompson Chain. Now, that's one thing you learn from Bible college is the Thompson Chain, and you can, you can drill down into 
more than just a word resentment. It tells you the you know the impacts of that word and what it, you know what it really means, and and it, it takes you through to to other scripture references. And I was drawn to 1 Corinthians 13, and it says, "If I speak in the tongues of men and and of angels, but not love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal." So if I'd shared this testimony with you one year ago, it would have been delivered in pride to edify myself and not God. (laughs) My prophecy says that I'm a very important member of the body. I thought that meant that I should be in charge. (laughs) Then I got the revelation that being a part of the body of Christ is enough. This really amazes me that all the revelation I've got has come from um, 1 Corinthians 12 and 13. (laughs) The the body is a unit. This is from um, 1 Corinthians 12, 12. The body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts, and though all of its parts are many, they form one body. If you lose, this is in the natural, if you lose a toe, you can walk, but you're off balance. And God has a part for everyone to play in the body, and no part is more or less important than the other. And 1 Corinthians 12:18, but in fact God has arranged the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. Suddenly my prophecy started to come to life. I started to stabilize. God started to reveal himself to me, his love and his grace. In between my two prophecies, I'd messed up. But God didn't reveal this. And I was worried. And I sat over there and um, Fergus McIntyre was prophesying. I thought, oh my goodness, I hope he doesn't choose me because between the first prophecy and the second, I'd done stuff that wasn't too good. But, you know, God didn't reveal that in my second prophecy. He revealed things that were even better than the first. (laughs) And why did he do that? Why did he do that? Because he loves me. Thank you, Father, you are binding up the wounds of my broken heart. I used to get impatient about being a better person. I didn't love because I couldn't. I didn't know what it meant or what it felt like. Bible college teaching and my decision to want to change and be the person I'm prophesied to be has allowed me to truly see the love of the Father and to be rooted and grounded in that love. You know, some of us get impatient, like I've already said, and you think, oh, God can fix things, and he can. He can do miracles right here and now. But some of us need to go around the longer route. We need to get that revelation bit by bit. And it depends how broken we are, you know. And he knows where we're at, and he knows how much we can take. If he'd fixed me all at once, I'd have walked out of here and fallen straight over, flat on my face. But as he reveals himself to me, And step by step, my foundation is getting stronger and stronger. I don't go and do those things anymore. I don't speak those bad things to people anymore because I'm rooted and grounded in God's love. (laughs) So all the praise and all the glory goes to my Father, to Jesus for his sacrifice, without without whom none of this would have been possible. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, for your revelations. Somebody said recently that I'd grown particularly fast in the last year, and that's not a coincidence, but I also served a lot with a humble heart. So why? We learned about this the other week. Why? Well, why? What is driving me? What is driving me? 
It's my love for God and my church family. I'm so pleased that I decided to walk with a humble heart and not in pride. So I, I want to wrap up really just by quoting from 1 Corinthians 13:11. When I was a child, I walked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put away childish things. Thank you. Well, that's awesome. Well done, Marcus. Well, I'll tell you what, we heard from a changed man, and uh, we now got his better half coming up. <laughs> Come on up, Robin. Praise God. You're an awesome couple, you two. There you go. So long. Hi, church family. Um, Marcus and I, a lot of you already know, but not everybody does. We've just celebrated our 24th wedding anniversary. Woohoo! Um, and I love my husband very much, and I know he loves me, which is really awesome. Um, I just wanted to share um, from the Bible College module, Authority of the Believer. Um, the subsection was on obedience to authority in the body of Christ. I used to have a lot of problems with authority. <laughs> it came from my childhood, um, lots of things going on. But first of all, before I start sharing, I just want to thank our Heavenly Father, I thank you for the opportunity to share this message today, and this is not the first time you've impressed this on my heart. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your guidance and revelation, and Lord Jesus, for your strength to be able to do this. <laughs> I haven't always sat under authority without grumbling to myself or, for that matter, some other people. A bit like the son who told his father he wouldn't help when asked, but did anyway. I would do the job or the task because I would feel guilty and fearful for letting someone down. Sometimes I did enjoy it in the end, but I used to put these barriers up. On coming to VCC four and a half years ago, I had no idea what it meant to be serving. Then a call came asking me to go to the bookstore roster. I agreed, but at the same time I was fearful lest I messed up and got sent to pastor's office. <laughs> Still, I had no idea what God had called me to do, but I did know that I had, he had a purpose for my life. Because when I was 13, my home life wasn't brilliant, and I had decided that I was going to take my life. And as I stood there all prepared, I had my little bag all ready with whatever I needed, and God spoke to me very clearly, and he said, Don't. I've got something better for you. Uh, I'll just backtrack slightly. I had gone to Sunday school and I had listened to, like, we have Bibles in schools, which I'm now part of, because I think it's really, really essential for the children. And so I had God in my life at some point, and I really enjoyed those messages that we had that were shared with us. So I decided that I wouldn't do that, and I just carried on. We moved from the South Island up to here and I went to another college and that was a bit of a culture shock, I have to say. Not tied to college, but you know. <laughs> it was like, oh my goodness, I'd come from really strict school and it was like, oh. <laughs> anyway, the lovely tie to college had Youth for Christ and I loved it. Um, I joined that for the two years that I was at the college and then I left to do my nursing training. Anyway, that's just digressing slightly. 
So I gladly served on the bookstool and I made new friends and gained experience and I wanted to please. Other situations came up and I would just say, well, you know, I'm happy to help. I used to help with some of the things, special events, catering or whatever. Just, just help set things up, come for the girls' breakfast, set things up. I didn't want to be in charge. I didn't want to be a leader. And I actually shared that with Pastor Vanessa last year. Um, things have changed slightly. <laughs> anyway, Hebrews 13:17. Obey your spiritual leaders and submit to their authority. They keep watch over you as men who must give an account. Obey them so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no advantage to you. Now, every believer has an anointing for a specific purpose or task. If we obey authority, we will find we have far greater results with our faith. We must always remain under authority when we are in a position of authority, no matter where you are serving or what your duties are. And that means anybody. I mean, it's like right down to, I didn't initially when I came here, I just assumed wrongly that the, the little babes would just be a babysitting service and changing nappies. And I'd done donkey's years of being nanny. <laughs> and I thought, I really don't want to sit there and just change babies' nappies again for a while. So I didn't, and I blocked what our Heavenly Father had on my heart. Marcus and I don't have children, but these are my prophecy. These are my children. So... That's what I'm stepping out into. I'm into the children's ministries. And so it's why I do Bibles in schools, because I have a heart to teach these children. I just love them. Um, and that's just me. So you want a babysitter? <laughs> Get in line. <laughs> I personally found this to be a bit of a challenge, this serving. But then the Holy Spirit revealed to me, just hand it over. You can do all things in Christ Jesus who strengthens you. Laying hold of these foundational truths is so empowering. We must bring our own desires and our own will under control and submit to God's will and authority and the helpers. This we do with a humble heart, not in pride. It's not all about me. I'm here to help. I'm here to just do. And that's what it's all about. John 12:49. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me a command, what I should say and how I should speak it. I have submitted to authority, serve at most opportunities to be a blessing to our church family, not to edify myself. It's not all about the appreciation baskets, people. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> With submitting to authority comes blessings and blessings in abundance. This leads to freedom. I am building my house, my life, on the rock. This is hearing and doing the word. I so encourage you to find and need find a need in the church and fill it. Whatever your hands find to do. Do it with all your might. It doesn't matter what the position is. God promotes us when he feels the time is right. He speaks to our pastors as well. So get confirmation from them on what you may think you are hearing. 
Mine came along the same time as Gus's. <laughs> Prayed on it and got revelation, plural. I have these things coming out of my ears. And I said yes. So it's just being obedient and sitting under the authority. The teaching in this church is absolutely life-changing. And Bible College, we were new believers when we signed up for Bible College. And our financial situation was pretty grim. So the first month was like, hmm, because there's two amounts coming out each month. And I thought, oh no. Anyway, the second month came and I thought, hmm. Third month, I never even looked at the bank account. <laughs> there was a reason for that. I didn't need to. Our Heavenly Father was providing for us to be able to do it. And because we were obedient to do that, he provided more and more of blessings for us. So I thank you, Heavenly Father, for everything that you have done in our lives. Amen. Fantastic. That's awesome. Thanks, Robin. Wow, very cool. Very cool. You can see that uh, the power of God's really released into people's lives when they make that commitment. It, it is a commitment. And as somebody said, that uh, it, it's quite a bit of uh, activity to the lives of students with all the responsibilities they have to fill. But you know, after first year, they look back and they're not the same ever again. So it's very, very powerful. All right, with that, we've heard from husband and wife. We're now hearing from mother and daughter. So Marie, why don't you come on up and you can share with us. Thank you. Sunday. I, I just thought, I can't do this. But my little granddaughter came and rescued me. She looked at it and she said, but Grandma, it's easy. She said, why don't you just tell them that Jesus helps you, that God takes care of you, that he makes you better, but most of all, he loves you. And you know she's right. It's as simple as that. God wants us to have the faith with all the simplicity of that of a child. Understanding the love of the Father, our Father's love, which is the title of this message, is foundational to our faith. Without God's love, there would have been no saviour and no hope of salvation. So what is the difference between God's love and human love? Human love is based on feelings, emotions and actions. While God's love is so different, it's unconditional and it's sacrificial. You know, in Romans 5.8, God demonstrates his own love towards us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Love motivated Jesus, or God, sorry, to send Jesus to die for us who could adopt us into his family. Not because we were good enough or a good person who does everything right, but because he loves us. He loves you so much that if you'd been the only person on earth, Jesus still would have gone through all that suffering for you. He loves you because he is love and you're very special to him. Love is not something God does, but it is who he is. He is love personified. He wants his love to capture your heart. And 1 John 4.16 says, God is love. And Ephesians 1.5, because of his love, God already decided to make us his own children through Jesus Christ. That's what he wanted and it pleased him. 
It is so important for us to know and understand our Heavenly Father's love, and sadly, not many of us do. As having as a child experienced mistreatment from the earthly father, they are left with a distorted image of who God is. They have superimposed the image of the abusive, neglectful, or sometimes abstinent father over the image of God. That was something that I had done. Because when I was nine, a teacher tried to explain to us about the love of God and our Father. And her intentions were pure and good, but she asked us to compare God's love with that with our earthly father. That was something that just, oh, it was just absolutely shed terror into my heart. My brother and I, for the word father, just was shocked terror. And my brother today is still struggling with that, and those words were spoken. And that remained with me, too, until I came to BCC and received teaching based on God's word. However, it wasn't until I attended Bible college where the module of the, God, the love of God was taught that I received knowledge and understanding on God's love. Revelation of God's love changed my life. My, to know that my father really, really loves me. I was free. God loved contains the power to heal your emotional wounds. His love strengthens you to press on in difficult times. And no matter where you're at, he loves you and his love is greater. But in Psalm 145, 8-9, it says, The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and great of mercy. The Lord is good to all and his tender mercies over his works. So what is our Heavenly Father's character? He is gracious. He's full of compassion, and that means love. He's low to anger and great of mercy. He's good to all, and all means you and me. And he's love, and he loves you, and he wants to bless you. So in Jeremiah 29, 11, it tells us, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. So his plans are to forgive you, which is made available to you through Christ Jesus to heal you, to bless you, to give you wisdom, to provide for and to prosper you. In John 3:16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that he who believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. If God was willing to do that while we were still sinners, then surely he wants to do so much more for his children. He loves you so much that he has totally forgiven you all your wrongdoings. And the most wonderful part about that is once you repent, he forgets them. In Hebrews 8.12, And I will forgive them their wickedness, and I will never remember their sins no more. So to get to know what your Heavenly Father is like, start by studying the life of Jesus in the Gospels. Because Jesus tells us in John 14.7, If you've really known me, you've known who my Father is. In John 14.9, Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Jesus is the complete revelation of who God is. I've learnt not to focus on challenges, whether spiritual, physical or financial, I may be facing, but look to a God who loves me and can and wants to do the impossible in my life and your life. By keeping a journal on what he has done and what he is doing for you, it helps you maintain a thankful and grateful heart. Remember, he loves you as much as he loves Jesus. And John 17:23 says, I am in them and you are in me, that you may be perfect in one, that the world may know that you have sent me and you love them as you love me. 
and Romans 5, 5. For we know how dearly God loves us because he's given us the Holy Spirit to fill our love, our hearts with our love, with his love, sorry. God wants us to receive his love for ourselves, to love him in return and to share that love with others. Paul prayed in Ephesians 3, 17, 19, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the depth, width, and height, to know the love of Christ that passes knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. So, Father, I really pray that everyone here receives revelation of your love for them and allows you to love them and draw them into a closer relationship with you, that they receive and they meditate on your love, that they let your love strengthen them, and then they look for opportunities to share your love with others. You know, it's God's love that compels us to love others. He wants us to share his love for the lost, take up our responsibility to care for them, until they keep to know God as their heavenly and loving Father. Well done, Marie. That's awesome. That's fantastic. You know what? I'm hearing a kind of a trend here. You know, the question could be asked in regards to what will God speak to me about most if I sign up to Bible college? Well, God will speak to you about what you need most. That's really the, the, the key. You know, the brief to the students was that they should share from one of the modules that's impacted them the most, and that's what's happening. And so, just amazing. You know, there is just an array of uh, wonderful truths um, in, in the Bible College, and it's very well covered in terms of developing intimacy with God. But, uh, you know, God will draw out the things that we need most to impact our lives in this way. So with that, we're going to call uh, on, last but not least, on Sandra to come and share with us. Come on up, Sandra. Good morning. Um, cool. Um, most of us have probably seen this image before. Um, which it's often used to encourage us, um, and it often says what matters most is how you see yourself. Um, but many of us, unlike the kitten in the picture, we don't see a lion when we look at ourselves in the mirror. You know, you don't see a lion when you look at your reflection. You often see the kitten. It's probably the other way around, if anything. <laughs> you know, and, and that's quite the way of the world. Um, yeah, and in 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, the new is here. When we're born again, we are new creations, and the Bible tells us that we need to see ourselves as God sees us. And that's exactly what I want to talk to you about this morning. Um, like we've already heard, authority of the believer, but focusing on seeing yourself as God sees you, which for me is probably something that I've struggled with over the years. You know, self-image and all that's quite a... I guess a thing in, in the world today, you know, a lot of people struggle with it and you come to church and you talk to yourself as God sees you and you're kind of like, well, you know, so it's something I've really struggled with. Um, and so, yeah, I wanted to talk to you about that this morning. Um, someone who saw themselves as God saw them, who saw a lion, when he looked at himself was Joshua. Um, Joshua led the Israelites um, in conquering Canaan and he led them into the promised land. He's known for his obedient faith in God 
for his great courage and his confidence um, and for his dedication to God and his word. He got his confidence and faith uh, and boldness by meditating on the word, seeing a lion in himself turn Joshua into a mighty conqueror. And one thing that Joshua only had, which is quite you know, amazing, he only had the first five books of the Old Testament you know, to, to study and to read, whereas we have, you know, we've got the entire book, we've got the New Testament, and we've got Jesus. So I sort of ask, you know, how much more can we do than someone like Joshua, who, if you've read Joshua, he did amazing things, you know? How much more can we conquer? How much more can we become mighty conquerors since we have the New Testament and we have Jesus? You know, we have been given all the authority and power on the earth. Have you ever, like, read the Bible and just got excited by the miracles of Jesus? I mean, have you ever, I mean, pictured yourself or, or just thought about laying your hands on the sick and actually seeing them, you know, get healed? Or, I don't know, feeding the masses or, I don't know, paying for lots of people just, to, just because you've got the money. Whatever it is, have you ever just imagined doing amazing stuff in the name of Jesus or just because Jesus did it thought, I want to do that. You know, I mean, I have. <laughs> I've dreamt about it. I still do. And I picture myself, you know, speaking in front of people, even though it's, you know, it's quite scary. Or laying my, you know, laying my hands on the sick and seeing them healed just because it would just be so, you know, it would be cool. And not just, just for myself, but to just to spread the word, you know, to do it for Jesus. Um, in John 14, 12 to 14, it says, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, Anyone who believes in me as saviour will also do the things that I do. It's the amplified vision. Uh, because I am going, oh, I'm sorry, will also do. And he will do even greater things than these in extent and outreach because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name as my representative. This I will do so that the Father may be glorified and celebrated in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name as my representative, I will do it. Now, Jesus did, like, so many amazing things. He raised the dead. He fed 5,000 people with, you know, a couple of fish, a couple of loaves. He walked on water. He calmed the sea. He cast out demons. He healed the blind, healed the lepers, healed the mute, healed the deaf. I mean, I could probably go on for hours, just the miracles and amazing things that Jesus did. Uh, for me, I received the revelation of my authority through attending Bible college. Uh, through the lectures, through the assignments, and, and just through my increased growth, you know, through my intimacy with God, I finally grasped the truth that Jesus has given me his authority and power that I can do all things that Jesus did and more, because that's what it says in his word, and because I have the Holy Spirit. I can do greater things, greater works, and now that I have this revelation... <laughs> It's up to me to be like Joshua and to actually put my faith in, in, into action because as it says in James 2.17, faith without works is dead. But not only can I do what Jesus did, it says in John, anyone who believes, anybody who believes in Jesus has been given this authority and power and, he, and they can do what Jesus did, which includes you. And we can do greater works because we have the Holy Spirit. But sadly, many Christians, including myself, you know, before I received this revelation, never fully comprehend or grasp the truth. 
you know, we often hear about miracles in third world, you know, third world countries, people being raised from the dead, people legs growing out and, you know, all these miraculous things that we're just like, wow. But you don't often, I mean, we don't often hear about it in the Western world and probably even less do we see it, you know, in our backyard or, you know, in our community. We don't really see it. But why is that? You know, God is the same in third world countries as he is right here. You know, so why is it? It's just so many Christians haven't been like Joshua. We haven't meditated on the word. We might read the Bible, but there is a difference between sort of this, you know, kind of skimming it and actually meditating on the word day and night, meditating on it, and then saying, you know what, I'm going to step out in boldness and in courage, and I'm going to fully trust God and what his word promises. I, want, I just want to help you this morning to, to actually grasp that, to grasp your authority as a believer. So let's just take you know, a moment to just soak in the vastness of God's word. Um, as I read earlier, it says in John 14:12, Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. I mean, that alone, it's, it's amazing. I mean, we know what Jesus did in the Bible. We know what he did. And his word says that we can do that as well. But that's the thing, it doesn't stop there. He, he goes on in the second part of that verse and says, greater works than these he will do. You know, Jesus is talking about you and me and saying, you know, greater works you can do. We have authority to do greater works. And our authority is Christ's authority. We cannot grasp this truth simply by trying to sort of understand it in our minds. It needs to be a heart revelation. It's got to go into our spirits. We need to meditate on it so it goes into our heart. We must walk in it and allow it to grow in us. And this here happens through hearing the word. Uh, as we know, Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Having faith to walk in anything comes by hearing and hearing the word. Um, now, you know, God hasn't just given us this authority and this power to, to impress our friends <laughs> or, you know, to perform cool party tricks. It, it's not why he wants us to do signs and wonders, you know. Um, he's given it. So why then has God given us this authority? Why has he given us this power? It says in Mark 16 to 17, And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they'll cast out demons, they'll speak with new tongues, they'll take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they'll recover. So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. We, the church, have been given this authority to cast out demons, you know, to do miracles, to see signs and wonders, to lay hands on the sick. You know, but Why? The reason we've been given it, just, you know, to increase our faith, yes, but the main and most important reason is to make disciples and to extend the kingdom of believers. You know, uh, where would you be right now if someone else hadn't stepped out in their authority? We probably wouldn't be sitting here. Romans 10:14 um, says, "How can people have faith in the Lord and ask Him to save them if they've never heard? How can they hear unless someone tells them?" You know, our goal, our motives for what we do has got to be winning souls for God. You know, winning souls is our greatest inheritance. You know, you can't take up, you know, anything. <laughs> I thought you'd like that, Peter. 
<laughs> but yeah, so yeah, soul is our greatest inheritance. You know, it's, it's the one thing that we do take to heaven with us. So let's make this year, let's make 2016 your year to build your faith and to step out in your authority of, of God. Fantastic. Well done, Sandra. That's awesome. Praise God. In fact, didn't they all do well? I tell you what, we're so proud of you guys. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's a, always a sense of uh, apprehension, uh, sometimes trepidation, uh, when, you know, when you're getting up in front of people, if you're not generally used to doing that. And so they all did very well, I must say. Just, just thrilled. And because we've got others uh, that, for one reason or other, uh, couldn't quite... Uh, get up this time around because there's time constraints and then there's of course preparation time so we may get uh, to hear from them some other time all right uh, as we get ready to wrap things up uh, we just had our prayer meeting again this morning and um, Pastor Vanessa and I just sensed a little stirring to just briefly very briefly tell our story as to how we got to go to Bible College uh, and there was a number of reasons as to why we couldn't go and, and uh, you know, I was reminded that God's the God that opens doors that no man can shut. And God opened the door and worked a couple of miracles in our lives in order for us to be able to do what uh, God had called us to do. Unlike CFCI Bible College here, our Bible College only ran for two years. Uh, and we were in the charter class, we were in the first year, and then we did the second year, and that was it. And then it wrapped up and it closed behind us. Uh, as we went through it and looked around, it was no more. Uh, and we really have a sense now that if we had not stepped forward when the stirring was there, we would have missed the plan and the purpose of God for our lives. We would not be able to do what God has called us to do today. And so let me tell you, don't hesitate. Don't oscillate. Uh, if God's called you to do something, step forward. Uh, just as I call Pastor Vanessa up to come and share, um, there is one scripture that comes to mind in Luke chapter 19, where Jesus is prophesying over Jerusalem as a city. And there's one uh, phrase that really impacted me, and I feel is very applicable here, that Jesus prophesied not very good things over Jerusalem, he says, because you missed the day of your visitation. And the day of our visitation uh, for Vanessa and I was uh, in 1980. Was it 1984 when we went into year one, uh, 83, 84, whatever it was? If we had missed that, uh, the flow and effect would have been we would not have been able to do in the second year. Uh, we would have had to do the first year and second year, and we would not have been able to do second year. Somehow it would not have worked out. And sometimes people say God's the God of the second chance, and it is true that God gives us second chances generally, but certain things can't be redone if we miss the time of our visitation. And so Vanessa, come on up and talk to us about uh, uh, how that all came together and, uh, and then we're going to sing a song and then we'll go home. <laughs> just, give us, just give us another five minutes because um, I really felt this was quite prophetic when Stephen was praying in our pre-service prayer and he said that CFCI Wellington is the planting of the Lord. This Bible college is actually not our planting. This is actually the planting of the Lord for our city, for our church, for our nation. Uh, the divine connections, and some of you would have heard of that divine connection. And I, I felt very much during the prayer that yeah, this is the planning of the Lord, and this is God's opportunity for you personally. God brought this Bible college over from South Africa to be in this nation at this time, connected with Dr. Theo and Dr. Bev Wal Wal Walmerins. And um, 
how our how our visitation came is with, with, what Stephen was saying. In fact, it was 1984 um, that uh, we had an opportunity to have a Rama Bible College in our attached to our church. Uh, it wasn't Rama, as you know, with Kenneth Hagen. It was the Rama students that had opened up a Bible college. And I remember I had um, we were working for the French Embassy, and uh, we had um, started coming to this Word of Faith church. I had um, Joshua, who was two years old. I had another little one, um, who was six months old. And in my heart, I just knew that I needed to be at this college. And uh, it was on the Wednesday before college started on the following Monday. And the uh, dean of the Bible college came to visit us at the embassy, as well as one of his lecturers that had just arrived in and just been flown in. And they were sitting at our table, and they looked at me. And they said, Stephen's coming. And again, this is a full-time Bible college, Monday to Friday, three mornings a week, three lectures a week. Uh, uh, f- sorry, well, three lectures a day, five days a week. And so we're talking, we're talking a, a, a huge commitment and a huge um, uh, fees that were involved. And Stephen, we had you know, done our budgets, and we thought, no, we've got to let Stephen come to Bible college. We know that we're called to this. And so uh, he'd signed up. And in my heart, I was just crying because I knew that I was supposed to be there. Um, and that, but I just couldn't see it. I've got two children, uh, the financial commitment, and it's just, there was just no way was that possible. Anyway, um, Mark Hayton, and who was the other guy that came and visited us? I can't remember. Was it Daryl? Pastor, yeah, Pastor Daryl Reed came, and they, and they just looked at me, and they said, Vanessa, you're supposed to be there. You're actually called to the ministry, and you're supposed to be there. And... and uh, they, they left. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. It's easy for them to give a word like that. Now I've got to figure it out and work it out. And I thought, well, what am I going to do with these two little children? Um, how are we going to pay the airfares? Who's going to look after them? All this kind of thing. And I thought, well, God, I know that that resonates with my spirit. I'm supposed to be here. I'm supposed to go. And it's starting on Monday. And this was Wednesday. And so I went out and I bought their little lunch boxes. And I thought, okay, God, I'm going to line everything up and I'm going to get everything ready um, because you said I've got to go. The man of God, the pastor, and the lecturer, our head lecturer, has said, I, I've got to be there. And so I did what I could. I went and bought their lunch boxes, bought their little, their little bags, you know, little shoulder bags to, to take off to go. And that was it. And then just thank you, thank you, Father God, that I'm signing up for Bible College. I'm going. And uh, anyway, uh, Sunday came around, and uh, I didn't know what I was doing with the children. Bible College was starting the next day. And uh, this, I thought it was Sunday night. And, um, but Stephen's there was Sunday morning. But um, let's just say Sunday night because I believe that that's what it was. I didn't have anybody to look after these children and a lady came up from the congregation. She didn't know that we had a need. And she picked Joshua, she picked Shekinah up and just said, well, little lady, looks like we're going to be seeing more of you. And um, looking at her, she said, God has told me to look after your children. Uh, and this lady had come down from Auckland. She had nine children. <laughs> She had nine children herself. God had sent her down to our church. They had arrived that weekend, that whatever, and uh, or that week. Uh, and um, she said, "Look, I'm, I believe it's God has told me to look after children. That you're supposed to go to Bible college." And so that was Sunday morning, or otherwise Sunday evening, whatever it was. And so we quickly uh, dropped, you know, obviously on the Monday morning, dropped them off at the ladies' place, and started to go to Bible college. Um, and so. God provided the, 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 the um, fees for us, and we just believed God. And our income doubled from $1,000, $1,200 a, a month 
to $24,000, uh, to $2,400 a month. And then by the time we'd finished, we were up $4,000 a month. And that was back in the 80s. As we, had, as we had gone and we believed God, God doubled our income, he doubled it, and he doubled it again. God can do miracles. And so I'm just sensing exactly that, that God has set before us an open door. Now, as, as Stephen said, if I hadn't gone to that Bible college on, and signed up that year, that would have been it. We would have probably moved to Australia and moved to Western Australia to go to Bible college there because the call of God was there to get trained for ministry. Had we come back to New Zealand, I don't know. I don't know. And so this is an opportunity for you. You've heard from some of our students. You will never be the same again. You cannot sit under the creative word of God and, and sit in the, in the will of God and not be transformed and set a path for your life. By the time we went into second year, I was pregnant again, and I didn't miss a beat. We had the baby, and we had baby Adelina, um, and, 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 and all of the things that go with having a baby, I had the baby, and then back in Bible college. And all of those children's church workers, just to let you know, I had the baby on Wednesday, and I was back in children's church teaching on Sunday. Don't tell me, girls, that you can't do it. Us girls can do anything. We can do anything because Christ strengthens us. You learn that in Bible college. You can't shut me down. I don't care what Satan sends. God's word is in me, and it got inside me and not in the 80s, and I've never been the same again. And so I encourage you, God is word. It's no respecter of persons. All we need to do is walk through that door and don't miss the day of your visitation. Praise God. In fact, let's just pray right now. Father God, I believe that there's doors that are, you've set before your people in this place right now and even in other churches in our city and in our region. Father, even in our nation that you're bringing people into this city for, for the purpose of going into this Bible college. And so, Father, we just declare, Father God, that you are God, that you open doors that no man can shut, that you provide finances, you provide help, that you will provide anything that is, that is needed for us to be able to walk in your will. And so we just thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's go. Praise God. Worship God with love.